Hi everyone! This week we welcome Christina Fernandez and we talk about guava babkas and so many sweet things. And let's just say I get goosebumps. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young. My mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her, doesn't matter what you have, the only thing you need for life is each other's helping hands. Never the emptiness, my mother always says, spread your wings and fly, you can always come back to rest. Never the emptiness, my mother always says, wherever you may go to grow, this will always be your home. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Never the Empty Nest. Today we have an amazing guest, Christina Fernandez. She's right here in our studio. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And she is the founder of a culinary concept called I Need More, but you spell need with a K. So like you're kneading bread. It's got a lot of puns. It's amazing. I love it. And she's she's a, a baker chef extraordinaire. So here she is with us and we're super happy to have her. And she also brought treats which are in this little box next to me and I'm so excited so to jealous. have them. And Nikki, I know you can't have them. Um, <laughs> I missed it by like a day. I got it back yesterday. I know. So we'll start how we always start, which is essentially like, you know, how's your day been? And then we'll get into talking about bread and food and guava and cream cheese babkas, because that's what I have here. (laughs) So um, Nikki, do you want to go first? Um, Yeah, my day. Well, I was in Miami for most a lot of the summer for six weeks, and we just got back last night. So it's been a lot of unpacking and cleaning up and organizing and that's what I've been doing I usually pack right when I get back but yesterday I was just done from traveling all day so I did it this morning so my day has been that and looking for my Julia Child old school 80s cookbook actually yes. because my sister told me a few days ago that the show Julia is so great and last night I was so tired and then just I was like, I need some nice entertainment. And um, I've been super obsessed now. It's super cute. <laughs> My mom's book and I and I pretty much stole it. Well, no, she told me I could have it. I didn't steal it. <laughs> That's my day. Uh, cleaning up and looking for my Julia Child book, which is perfect because we're talking about bread. baking and bread. Yeah. I love that episode where they figure out the recipe with uh, um, the steam. In the, I don't know if you've gotten Well, yet, I've only seen, yeah, I'm on episode three because I just started last night. I see a little one sneaking in behind uh, you. Yeah, you're gonna, I'm in the living room, so I usually They're do this, running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how has your day been? So yeah, um, my day, well, every day is absolutely different for me. So I'm currently in the process of moving my business from my home kitchen to a professional uh, commercial kitchen. So the kitchen's not done yet. They're finalizing the permits, but, you know, there's... A multitude of things I have to take care of. So right now I'm working on the guidebook with all the official recipes I'm going to use uh, when I move to the official kitchen. So when I hire someone, they have all the instructions there completely foolproof. Uh, I'm also in the process of getting the liability insurance, um, getting the big accounts rolling, like getting everything just ready to go. So that way, once I move in, hopefully it'll be, you know, not such a bumpy road, Um, especially now that like um, October is just 
you know, around the corner, like fall is happening. So I definitely will get in as soon as possible so I can start pumping out like all the fall menu items, like the pumpkin pie, the uh, apple butter Linzer cookies, which are a huge, huge seller every year. So definitely like try to make moves. <laughs> I can literally like smell all of this as she's speaking. <laughs> but yeah, it's the fun stuff, right? Like all the super fun stuff. On my end, it has been insane. Like I'm, I'm working on, I'm about to go on. This literally is the bread episode, guys. Um, about to start to prep for a, the book tour of what the bread says, which is a book about my grandfather a picture book for kids about teaching me to bake bread while telling the family story, which is why I ended up connecting with Christina. So as I get ready to do that, the schools, the kids have gone back to school and Taika, my son started tennis and he's so obsessed with it that now I'm taking a tennis class. <laughs> Matt, our producer is going to be so happy. Matt is an excellent, excellent tennis player. Yeah. So I essentially am now very excited. And I think it's a good sign that last time, last night I was dreaming. I have had one class, but I was dreaming of hitting balls. <laughs> so anyway, <sighs> tennis, food, bread, all of it. So Christina, we've had a little bit of a conversation and I've gotten to know a little bit about your story. And what I know is that you studied, we're studying law right? When you decided that that was not what you really wanted to do and you had a change of career path and you went to culinary school in New York. And then that leads you to Bouchon Bakery almost immediately after or immediately after. And one thing leads to the other, the pandemic hits, and then you are now with your own culinary concept, right? So can you tell us what that decision was to say, I'm not happy in this you know, in law school, and this is what I want to do instead. Well, why cooking? So I've always had a knack for baking um, since I was younger. Uh, when I was in high school, I would do like a little experiments in the kitchen and bring them to my to my friends and my classmates. But it was more like a hobby. And like on the weekends, I would go to Two Chefs Restaurant in Pinecrest and do just like cooking classes, just like have an idea. But again, it was just something that I was like, I enjoy, nothing serious. And so I went through high school, I went through college, and one of my professors convinced me to apply for law school. I was like, nah, like that's not that's not for me. Uh, because try it, like just try it. I was like, okay, fine, I'll try it. And I tried it. I still said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say my favorite class was properties. I was like the queen of properties, but everything else, I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was at St. Thomas for a semester, and then I said no, thanks. And so I just kind of reevaluated like, okay, like, you know, what's my next step? What's because obviously I'm someone who likes to be very tangible, like work with my hands a lot and like create. I actually just so clothes from my Barbie dolls when I was a kid. Yeah. So I've always been bound for like a creative path. And I was like, okay, let's try culinary school. And so I went up to New York to visit what was called the French Culinary Institute, now the International Culinary Center over in Soho. I was like, okay, like this is cute. Like, okay, I can see this for myself. Like, all right, let's let's give it a go. I, like I got to know uh, the professors, the curriculum. I was like, okay, let's do it. So this was in April of 2015. May 2015, I moved to New York <laughs> with like three suitcases to the Lower East Side, um, just starting culinary school right away, completely green, zero experience in the restaurant industry. But I was like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. And so, you know, here I was like about to flambe apples for our tart tatan, 
just praying to God, I will not burn off my eyebrows. (laughs) The number of accidents I had in the kitchen, like burning my fingers, cutting them. Like, I don't know if you've watched um, the new show on Hulu, The Bear. I am dying to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Is it great? Is it real? It's too real. Is it? It's it's too real. Oh my God. Like there were moments where it like basically transported me back to like Bouchon days. Wow. So halfway through my program, I got, uh, there was a career fair at my culinary school and I just dropped on my resume. I'm like, just, Again, see what happens, like, uh, you know, with Bouchon, with Le Bernardin, uh, with Dominique Ansel. And Bouchon got back to me and said, oh, you want to come in for a stage, which is a way of like, like almost like tryouts. Mm-hmm. So you try out to do a shift and they see whether or not you're a fit for the team, for the concept, et cetera. And thankfully, I got the job on the spot. Wow. And um, so I was working there. So I was going to school during the day. And then at night, I worked at Bouchon. So I was like a pinball all over Manhattan. I would start mm-hmm. my day in Soho. And then hightail it to Rockefeller Center and be there until like 9, 10 p.m. And then go all the way back to Delancey in the Lower East Side. But it paid off uh, because eventually I was able to get a full-time position and I ended up working there for three years. And I'm forever grateful to Bouchon for sending like the foundation of like what I'm seeking in the concept, what standards I need to put forward. So, and then after that, I worked with um, Jose Andres. I worked with um, <gasps> Joelle Robichon's team at Le Jardinier. Uh, that was actually my last job in New York. My first fine dining experience, because this whole time I was doing high volume production, like big things. Like, you know, there was a moment of time where I was doing 500 croissants a day. Oh my gosh. So within like three months of being open at Le Jardinier, we got our first Michelin star and it was really, really cool. Insane. <laughs> yeah. And then like overnight, like our reservations just completely quadrupled in production i was the only female bread baker and just like just pumping out like escargot and like lavash bread just going 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 and then uh, fast forward to march of 2020 that's when you know this little thing called coronavirus Mm. and COVID started brewing up and so um the city went to lockdown march 12 2020 and you know at the time we all said you know two weeks to bend the curve Mm -hmm. (laughs) unfortunately it wasn't the case so after three months in lockdown just waiting for news for the restaurant industry unfortunately i had to make moves i couldn't be unemployed and just like waiting for something to happen anymore so i came so i made the hard decision of giving up a life that i spent five years building to go back to miami and like you know what let's just go back and you know the whole theme of this story is let's see what happens and so i moved back to miami and i didn't want to go back to the kitchen right away because my parents are immunocompromised and i don't want to risk them for covid so like, okay, let me just start working from home and just seeing what happens. And so I just went back to like all the archives of all the recipes I've had, mm-hmm. everything I learned from New York and like tweaking them, you know, changing the formulation, changing the fermentation, what I can do to make it my own, but also just slightly amplify it. And uh, that's how the guava and cheese babka came to be. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm going to be opening it up oh my God. while I ask you, because I love the idea that this is essentially, you know, it's it's a babka, but with Miami inside of it, essentially. You know, it's like the combination of all the worlds. I love it so much. It's amazing. Look at this. Hang on. <gasps> I just you got goosebumps. That? That's so beautiful. It literally smells like a pastelito why like a little pastelito in my hand but it's big and also such different textures this is so exciting oh my god and it reminds me of our grandfather too who used to bake bread (laughs) oh my god i'm gonna get a knife i'm gonna leave christina here to tell you about her dad while i come back with a knife (laughs) so um when i first moved to to the city to start culinary school immediately my dad said 
vaya a con los panes, aprenda los panes. I was like, no, puppy. Like, like, people are going gluten-free. Like, bread's not a big deal. And those who don't speak Spanish, learn the bread. Learn the bread. is what Learn the yeah. bread. And I was like, no, viejo, no, 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 tampoco así. Um, but um, after I left Bouchon, I tried to figure out, like, what mediums of pastry, like, really clicked with me. I tried cakes, and I was like, no. I tried chocolates, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> And then eventually, like, bread actually connected with me. And so now, like, um, that's my primary focus is just doing bread. And I love it. Fundamentally, it's one of the most essential things in all of culinary. Right. Like, the bread team in any restaurant are the rock stars. And what is it about bread and not chocolate and cake that you love or connect with? That's actually a really good question. <laughs> I mean, physically, I really connected with it because, like, touching the dough and um, smelling the fermentation, like... Like, I, don't, I don't know if you know that line from Apocalypse Now. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yes. I love the smell of fermentation in the morning. <laughs> um, I'm a huge Coppola fan. Just the physicality of it. Um, also, just watching the production of it, like seeing it come to life physically in front of your eyes. It came from like this little mound of goo and flour to like this beautiful, magnificent thing. Yeah. Like one thing I loved making was croissants. It was a three-day process, what? but I absolutely loved doing it. Yeah. Yeah, people think it's so cute to make a croissants. It's oh not. my gosh. Like most pastries, I imagine, right? Exactly. Like all the doughs have to rest overnight and then the lamination process and then rest again and then shape it out wow. and then proof it and then bake it. So yeah, so bread is a concept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but more, it's not only visually, but also like in taste wise as well versus like cakes and chocolate like it's so focused on aesthetics mm. like it's absolutely aesthetic so that's like that's your first impression right away and then you get to know the flavor but with bread it's just like it's more straightforward yeah i feel like yeah. um and just i just love the concept of making it yeah. it's just like such a beautiful thing to see like um when i went back to culinary school to study bread baking i went to go visit the commissary for balthazar bakery out in jersey And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Their sourdough starter is 40 years old. Wow. They keep it in a silo and they have That's two crazy. tubes feeding it. One for the water and one for the flour. They have also this like four-story oven. They had custom made in Germany for like a million dollars. And it has 10 decks, so like 10 slabs to bake the bread. Mm -hmm. And it's like a conveyor belt. They put the bread on it and then they just shoot it up. And then it goes up like an elevator and then it goes into the oven. Oh. Coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, goals. Yeah. <laughs> a a three-story oven. That's insane. <laughs> We should tell our cousin Sophie to go check it out. She lives in Jersey. I know, seriously. <laughs> I feel like um, it's such a sign of civilization, bread, you know, like truly. And I love that you just said like there is all this waiting involved in baking, you know, which is like why I mean, why I love it and why this this book came out was because Papang would tell us the story. He's like, we have to wait. So let's tell stories. And I feel like it's inside kneaded into the dough. You know what I mean? It's like the foundation, the foundation of everything. And like breaking bread is. with people. Yeah. And it's alive. I love that. It really is. And I brought two knives, a blunt one and one that's incorrect, but so, whatever. Um, Which one's better? I would suggest like slicing off the outer edge first. It's a little, like, okay. a little too brown and then like go in on it, like slice as much as you want. Okay. So I'm giving this back to you and then I'm going to ask you one more question, which is why is the bear so real? Where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, the bear was a fantastic show, like beautifully written. Um, Hulu FX killed it again. So what makes the bear so real One major factor is the stressors that you have in the back of your mind. As someone who worked in fine dining, the pressure is insane, especially after we got the Michelin star at Le Jardinier. It was definitely like the game has changed. Like now, like the standards have gotten even higher. 
So definitely like moments of like tension in the show where they're like rushing to push out orders, get everything ready on time. I know that feeling all too well. And also, given the main character's background of working in fine dining and then going back to his hometown. Sorry, I'm interrupting you because this is so soft and like scrumptious in my hand that Nikki. That looks real. so good because it looks kind of crispy no. on the outside. And then <gasps> look at the swirls of guayaba. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. Literally, it's the flake of a pastelito on the inside, the babka swirl on the It's just crazy. Oh my gosh. Save a piece for uh, mom and... I won't eat the whole show because that's just going to sound like me chewing, but I'm going to taste it right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, yes, taste it. Is it so delicious? I have little goosebumps of pastelito. Oh, God. I have a pastelito. Amazing. I have a little pastelito goosebumps. (laughs) This this literally makes me feel like home. It's very delicious. Thank you. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, no, have, have your moment. So, yes. Um, so, with the bear. So, during the moments of, like, high tension and also given his background in fine dining, having to left, leave that life behind, go back to Chicago, to his hometown, and run, like, his brother's sandwich business, you know, it's it's definitely a different game. And, like, trying to bring those same standards from the fine dining over to the sandwich place and, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds in the culinary industry. Like there are some who are classically French trained like me. And there are some who just like learn on their own and, and able to come in. Like I'll be completely honest during my time in Bouchon, some of the best coworkers I've had, like talented, punctual, like always willing to do the work were the ones who were, who came without any professional culinary background. And just learned by, learned by doing just in the moment. Yeah. Cause sometimes um, like people who've gone to like higher end culinary schools, I'll be honest, sometimes there's a sense of entitlement in the Mm, air. Yeah. Versus like people came off the street, they're like, I'm just doing what I can to get by. And they just put their all into it. And yeah, I really admire those people. Like they're doing what, because not everyone can afford culinary school. It's not cheap. Yeah, I can imagine. Like the way I see it is like, if you have the means to go to culinary school, absolutely do it. Like it's an advantage, but it's not the end all. Mm -hmm. Because I definitely learned way more on the field than I did in culinary school. Like, you know, mixing like a thousand macarons. That was not culinary school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just there to give you like the foundations, just like the fundamentals of like what you need to know to move on in the business. And of course, connections as well. But it's, there's other ways to do it yeah. too. Like Thomas Keller didn't start in a f- super fancy culinary school. He just like did his thing, bought the French laundry and look at him now. Yeah. I, uh, in the summers when I lived in New York, I worked at Rockefeller Center Cafe in the, in the, rank, in the, <laughs> in the rink. They would change the, the ice skating rink that. into a, a summer yeah. cafe. Yeah. It's like everything. I feel like writing is the same way, you know, like you can go to a big fancy school yeah. and yes, it teaches like you, you make connections, you yeah. learn, you have a base of some kind, but some of the best writers don't go to get, an, don't have an MFA. Same for actors and singers and yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, there's something to it. And then there's the stuff that you learn doing. Se aprende haciendo. Exacto. <laughs> so this is one of your your recipes. Can you tell us about a few others that are that are highlights and or maybe something that's upcoming? Because I mean, you're just you're making a big move right now. It's so exciting. Yes, we're crossing ourselves. <laughs> we'll do it together. I'm telling you that with this deliciosity, this for sure. I mean, this is you're already amazing. It's going serious places. This is so good. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about what you have cooking literally. Okay. Um, so as we're transitioning from summer to fall, 
two highlights of my summer menu. One was um, my peach and thyme hand pies. So I would take like cooked peaches and put fresh thyme and then put it in pie dough and it was fantastic. The second highlight, people still ask me for this one outside of summer. Like even in winter and spring, they still ask for this and it's my campfire brownies. So I make my own speculoos dough, which is like the equivalent of like, um, como se llama? Um, What's that, that, those cookies that American Airlines gives you? Oh yes. Biscoff. Mm. It's like the equivalent of Biscoff. So it's I make I make my own Biscoff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I crumble it. I put brownie batter. Then I make vanilla marshmallow. Then I torch it. Wow. <laughs> so yes, I play with fire and it's great. Delicious. <laughs> and it never burns your eyebrows. <laughs> no. They're still good. Yeah. So yeah, those are two major highlights from the summer menu. For the fall menu, um, I will say the top the one menu item that beats the rest are my apple hand pies mm-hmm. and my apple butter Linzer cookies. So I make my own Linzer cookies and I make the hazelnut flour for the Linzer cookies to like really bring out that hazelnut flavor. And then I just fill them with apple butter and sounds people just amazing. love them. How do people buy these? Because I know you're, you know, you're essentially, I see, I saw you on Instagram. You know what I mean? That's my, my first like sight of these, uh, goodies were on on instagram but you have a an audience and a following so website is it how do they follow you so primarily i do post content on instagram i am trying tiktok um because that's the latest move um it's just kind of hard being a one-woman show on top of the myriad of things i have to do it's like oh now i have to make videos great (laughs) (laughs) so primarily i am on instagram i need more underscore miami i k k n e a d because she likes puns. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I need more underscore Miami. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, order directly off my website. Uh, delivery options are the only options at this time. Um, hopefully once I move into the bigger kitchen, like there will be pickup options as well. Thanks to social media, I was able to work with Food Network, Time Out Magazine. I was part of the South Beach Wine and Food Festival twice. Awesome. Yeah, that it was because of that babka. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was because of her. I mean, uh, hopefully, like, when I move to this bigger kitchen, like, more opportunities will come my way, and that way, like, more of Miami can need more from me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to ask you, um, how, like, how was your life growing up in your family nest when you were your nest? Kid? I was going to ask the same question, if there was any any recipe that kind of, like, comes from it, but you're asking it broader, but it can lead yes, to Yes, and it actually. can lead to yeah. how, how did that affect your decision-making or love for baking? But I, I kind of just yeah. wanted to get an idea of what your nest was like. Was Did anyone love to bake or cook or, you know, or just in general, like, how was your home yeah. life? I got none of that from my family. <laughs> <laughs> none of that. that. Like, I guess if you want to put, like a, like, a similarity, I come from, like, a family of pharmacists, a dynasty of pharmacists. Wow. Um, so I guess like in the science realm, because technically I do science when, because baking is a science. So I guess in that sense, like I get that from my family, but, um, in regards to recipes, I think the one thing that impacts me is my mom's coquito. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Coquito. Yeah. I made it for the holidays last year and just flew off. Um, I mean, not to be biased. I think my mom's is the best one. For those who don't know, can you explain coquito? The famous Puerto Rican. Cocktail, right? Right. So coquito is, you know, people like to call it Puerto Rican eggnog. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just a cocktail that we usually make around the holidays um, consisting of condensed milk, evaporated milk, coconut milk. Wait, I'm not sharing my recipe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A sweet <laughs> All the milk. holiday All the drink. <laughs> yes. Um, it's very creamy, yeah. very delightful, very addicting. Um, but 
you know, you can have too much of a good thing. So yeah. be very careful. Yeah, dangerous. Cause <laughs> yeah, it tastes so good. And then you're like, woohoo. Like when I've been coquito to my non Latino friends, oh I don't hear from them till the next morning. <laughs> Cause one taste and like they're hooked. And it's like, oh, that's cute. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember my first time. <laughs> it's not like the espresso martini kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. No. I mean that, yes, yeah. it can do serious, serious, serious things. Yeah. So you were born in Puerto Rico. Can you tell us a little bit about that and then how you ended up here? So I was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Shout out to the my Puerto Ricoas. <laughs> and so I left when I was a baby. I was about two years old. And from there, I moved to Miami with my family. Um, and so I just, um, yeah, just like a kid in like the 90s in Miami. It was a glorious time in Miami. <laughs> so yeah, growing up in Miami in the 90s and then like seeing how Miami has changed over the years, it's crazy. Like the amount of culinary concepts that are flooding into Miami it's amazing because you know especially like asian concepts like back then like tropical chinese was like the highlight of like our asian exposure and then now we have like cote opening up a design district um we have 1-800 lucky and winwood so there's definitely more diversity in that so i'm really proud of miami like the way she's growing up in the restaurant industry especially now with the michelin guide um so hopefully like more innovation will come our way but also like not to diminish our local talent as well. It really has changed a lot, Miami. I haven't lived there. I've been living in LA for, I don't know, 13 years. What? Yeah. Has it really been that long? Yeah. I don't even, what? Yeah, 2009, so I think more or less. Yeah, that's crazy. I go back home and it's like, I don't even know where to go. There's so many new restaurants. It was so yeah. different when I left. And even when we were kids, and then it started to change a little with Wynwood, you know, before I left. But then I... I feel terrible. I call my sister because I'm. People are like, "You're from Miami. Yeah. Where do I go eat?" I'm like, "I have no fucking idea anymore. I have to call my sister." And there's so and many. There's so many. There's so many. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't keep up. Yeah. Like I can, but I I can't. <laughs> I think it's so great. You know, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question that I just realized. So most of these, do they get shipped um, to people in Miami, or is it other places? And like, like, do you know, where does it, where do people, where are people ordering from? So, um, my clientele primarily, um, has been mostly in like the Eastern side of Miami. So along us one, like Coral Gables, Pinecrest near where I live in Brickell, Key Biscayne. So, and I've gone as far as Doral. It's a little scattered. I hopefully will be shipping down the line. I've shipped to my friends back in New York who've harassed me multiple times. Like send me all your goodies. And I've actually had friends like fly down to Miami pick up a bunch of babkas and cookies and take them back to wow. New York. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, but doesn't New York have babkas? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, but they don't have yours. Exactly. Um, I've been told that my, my guava and cheese babka is a Juban delicacy. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Jubins. <laughs> I love that so much. Why not? I mean, when we were in college, we used to, I was in college in New York and I would come here and at that point we would take stuff. We would like take pastelitos and we would take beans and we would take all kinds of things on the airplane uh, and then yeah. the airplane smelled like, you know, Versailles. My grandmother would make me a big pot of frijoles and I'm like, mamang, I'm not taking this in the plane. Tienes que llevarlo para tu amiga. <laughs> yeah. And I was like. Because they all asked. Yeah, and I would be sitting like, I couldn't believe I did that from Miami to New Orleans, like holding a big pot of Frijole. Yes, because that's the whole idea. We're exporting Miami. Yeah. And now everybody's catching on and seeing how good it is. They always knew it. I know. You know what I mean? Because they always wanted it, but now it's on a bigger level. Yeah. So I can see these, like, you know, hitting all of those shelves. I, I have one last question, which is like the big 
capital D d- dream for mm. for I need more. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, yeah, what's the the end all be all? Take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> so the ultimate dream with I need more. Um, definitely, you know, eventually I would love to have a brick and mortar. Um, it's just I'm being very conservative in how far I'm going to go because the economy's a little shifty. So I'm just playing it very safe. Yeah. But yeah, eventually I would love to have my own concept um, and definitely work with more restaurants, uh, provide bread to restaurants, definitely more wholesale. Um, and just like hopefully seeing where it takes from there. I'm optimistic about I need more's future. Um, I definitely am very proud of my concept and how far she's come along. Um, she's my baby yeah. and I'm very, very proud of her. Actually, her second year anniversary is September 7th. Aww. Amazing. Two years. Two years. Bobka's for everyone. I love it. (laughs) So definitely, you know, just getting bigger, getting better, getting badder, and just like doing the whole thing. Just keep making more moves down the line and just, you know, there's no limit. I mean, I definitely need more, so I'm so glad that was the answer. (laughs) Um and yeah, I mean everybody, you know where to go now. I need more on Insta. She also has a website. You can read more about her and specifically taste these. Like that's the thing you have to do. I'm pretty sure it's just you. And only you doing it. But do you have anyone helping you? Or it's literally you doing all of this in your house. All the baking, all the sending to where it goes. All the social media, all the photography, graphic design. Like, yeah, so you're I'm learning all these other bus- <laughs> careers. <laughs> I'm doing like essentially 12 roles in one. Like I'm, I'm the lawyer. I'm the accountant. It's just, it's all a one woman show. Hopefully not for too much longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, God bless the small business. It's a real deal. It's a thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I loved, I mean, I know that we have both loved talking to you. My mom's going to be super jelly. Yes. Gratefully, she can actually taste these when I see her. <laughs> and um, yeah, and and just we're going to be, we're going to be buying these. I have an idea. <laughs> my, mom has to, my mom's going to, says she's going to come visit me this month or next month and she needs to bring me Oh, some. she can bring. Okay, okay, okay. Let's tell her to bring it on the plane. Well, thank you, everybody, and catch you next time on Never the Emptiness. Thank you. Bye. With all of your success, she says, all the great things ahead. I'll be here when it's time to see you again. And if you fall, she says, if someone breaks your heart, Mend your wounds in this nest of ours till you're ready to depart.